brothers and sisters in the world. All right, all right. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, good morning still for, for some, including myself. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Brothers of the World podcast. Today is just myself, Dave, and Joe. Average Joe, as you guys know him. Um, we're here. It's been a couple of weeks. We're here to bring you guys um, some internews and some reactions. Um, Joe, how you been, man? Um, first off, I want to point out my, that Joe is looking quite fresh with his new haircut. Some people may not even recognize him. Like, uh, how you doing, bro? Doing good. Yeah, I got that fresh cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm look, I feel I'm looking good. Um, and so are Inter, kind of. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> So, yeah, how's it been, Dave? I, everything's been good, man. Everything's been good. Can't complain. Life is good. Um, And enter, like you said, enter a goodish right now. We, we will get into it. Um, since our last episode, um, there's been a couple of matches. Um, the surprising, not so surprising draw to, to Genoa, uh, where we dropped points. Um, and also the the match yesterday um i don't know how to describe it we will get into it uh where we did manage to win 2-1 against verona um so yeah let's let's get right into it bro let's get right into it uh this match uh is i love i love following matches on on social media because you see reactions and it, it sometimes it, it goes into a frenzy uh 2-1 verona uh me personally let, let me start um that match, I, I expected it to be a walk in the park. I'll, I'll raise my hand. Um, I expected it to be an easy 3-0 where we, we get to play um, probably youngsters and stuff like that. Because um, Verona, they have a, a lot going on. Um, they're, they're losing players. They have most of, most of their players are being linked to away moves. So I expected the team to be quite disorganized, uh, uninterested, and, and you know, um, for us to be able to, to walk all over them. Um, it was quite the opposite, but let me let me throw it to you, bro. Um, first off, uh, what were your expectations going into the match? And I'll let you take the lead um, uh, uh, about how the match went for you personally. Yeah, the, Mr. Athos is right. This is football heritage. Um, I mean, it was a geez, it was a roller coaster beyond words. Um. <laughs> I tweeted about half hour before the match. You know, can we have a nice calm victory today? And it ended up being my, one of my one of my tweets that aged the worst of any tweet I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, for about the first seventy minutes, sixty seventy minutes, I thought we were going to get that calm match. You know, things were kind of going rather smoothly. Um, Verona mm -hmm. had a couple moments, but nothing too worrisome. Yeah. And then they get the goal. And and then they get the mm -hmm. goal. And everything just goes straight to hell. And the circus begins. And I I I'm almost I'm still at a loss for words about that. Um, just how that match went after about the 70, 75th minute, it was just, it was an out of body experience, if you will. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. Well, well said you, you said it yourself, uh, an out of body experience. That's, that's a great way to describe it. And for me, um, on the East coast, waking up at six 30 in the morning, um, for something like that, you know, those, those emotions, man. The, those those emotions at the end of that game that it puts it put me right back to sleep after that match man i was drained you know but um like you said um the the beginning of the match everything was going smoothly and and um up to my expectations you know lotaro you know scoring that goal um you know off that beautiful action you know um Turan managing to to hold up the ball for Mkhitaryan and Mkhitaryan just dribbling and doing that no look pass into Sulotaro and he just finishes at the bottom corner um, immediately. He looked like he hasn't missed a beat after after missing two matches. Yeah, and it, it looked like to me, uh, okay, the, the floodgates are open. Okay, who's gonna get the next goal? Maybe it's gonna be two, three, and then it it could end up being a party. This is what I expected, but. Um, it, it went it went quite the opposite because it seemed like we were out of sync 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it's because, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, the only person really missing was DeMarco missing from the, um, the starting 11, but, um, we were out of sync, man. It's, it, it were like, it was like, um, the players were not on the same page, um, passes, passes being misplaced and, and stuff like that. We were not the well-oiled machine that we've gotten used to, to watching this season. And, um, me personally, it, it was like a scary moment to me because we, you know, you know the reputation we have for January, February. You know that that winter, that winter meltdown that we usually have, and I hope that it's not a beginning sign of that. Um, but yes, um, they did manage to get that goal, um, and then after that, all hell broke loose. Let me let me go into some of the specifics with you. Um, first off. That goal that they scored, uh, that their equalizing goal um, on that action, of course, Arnatovic loses the ball and goes down. He claims a foul. Um, after seeing the replays and whatnot, what, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like this was that was actually the, a foul, or was it right for the referee to let it go, which ended up costing us a goal? It's borderline for me. Um, I don't think it's clear cut. If they did call it a foul or VAR took it back, I would have said it's a bit soft. Um, I'm going to be consistent here in that I don't think – with the later episode, I don't think Bastoni's was a foul. So I'm going to oh. be consistent here and say I don't think that this was a foul either. I think this is a contact sport, right? Yeah. And even though, like, yeah, you can make the argument he doesn't necessarily – get the ball from Arnautovic. Yeah, um, that's, this this is this is exactly the argument I was going to make. Yeah. You, you, you got ahead of it. Yeah, and I can kind of see that. Oh. But at the same time, I I don't know, like, if I blame Arnautovic more than anyone because Arnautovic is a big dude. Yeah. And, like, wow. you should be you should be using your body better in that, that encounter. And yeah. I, I blame Arnautovic more than I do the referee. What about you? Wow, I mean that's 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 very fair. You made a couple of points that I would have made had had that been um had that been in a situation where I had to defend it. Yeah, um, you could take the example of the first goal that we scored, right? You could say that Turan was a, was in a similar position, but he still managed to hold up the ball and lay it off to Mkhitaryan, who then um was able to dri to dribble it and then uh, make the assist to Lotaro. Arnatovic is a much bigger dude. Of course, watching the replay, you see you see you can see it clearly that the defender he misses the ball on the first swipe and he goes through Arnatovic and as Arnatovic is going down, he plays the ball on the second swipe. So to me, um like you said, it could have gone either way, but since since the referee decided to let it play, um I had to be fine with it. You know, especially seeing what ended up happening with that with that second goal you know which we're gonna get to next um so i, I do agree like the referee was consistent to me all, all throughout the match like all those shoulders shoulder to shoulders little contact ticky tack fouls he was not giving them he was always telling the players to get up to their feet so yeah um I, i'll give it up to you joe uh honestly um initially when i asked you the question I was my opinion was that hey that was a foul he didn't play the player he he went through Arnautovic's back and he played the ball on the second swipe, but you kind of convinced me with, with your take that hey listen the, the referee's been consistent this is a contact sport Arnautovic should have done better um you know to use his body and and hold off hold off the defender so yeah I, I'm I'm on board with you so I guess that that legitimizes their 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 equalizer. Um, which to me also was also a lucky goal, you know, off, off Henry's knee. You know, it's not something that you could say he practices or whatnot, you know. But hey, credit, credit, credit where it's due. Um, let's get into the the second goal, right? That 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 is mainly causing the most um controversy on Twitter right now. But before we get to it, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um I had um well, I can't say that I had issues with Inzaghi's subs, but one in particular. Um, he brought on um, Alexis, I believe, for uh, for Pavard, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and from that substitution, it, it looks like to me like it kind of broke the, the team's um, 
uh, patterns of play because you know Alexis was out of place trying to find pockets of place to re uh, space to receive the ball, and we were playing long balls into the box like we're like we were pretty much trying to shit house a second goal as opposed to playing it calmly, passing, 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 finding the gaps. Um, so yeah, did you have any issues with Nzagi's substitutions or did um, do you agree with me when I say that it felt kind of desperate to me and, and it, it almost cost us cost us the match in my opinion? So I have a real problem with two substitutions. Mm. Um, I have a problem with taking Taram off so early. Less problem with that than I do the Alexis one, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. you, do, you do have to preserve Taram's fitness. Yeah. But I have more of a problem with the Alexis one because I felt it threw off the balance of the team. Um, it, it just yeah. it opened up the game so much. And yeah, that's the word I was looking for, the balance of the team. Yeah. And the thing about it is I, I'm concerned that – you know, and Zagi mentioned after the press conference that he's not worried about Arnautovic because Arnautovic is in the right place, right? He's just missing the chances. Yeah. What's Alexis offering? Like, um, as much as I I was tweeting about Arnautovic saying this is a horror show from him. Yeah. And it was. It was horrible. Yeah. What did Alexis do? He's not even getting in those positions. No. Like, no. what's he offering off the bench? And that's very <laughs> concerning. And it threw off the balance of the team. It, it just it wasn't a good sub. I don't know what Alexis offers anymore. Yes. Well, since we're on the topic of, of Alexis, I mean, well, let, let me touch on Arnautovic first. Um, what a horror show, man. Um, I was I was thinking of the clip um, of uh, Real Madrid after that Champions League match when Benzema was saying, um, don't pass it to Vinicius because he's playing against us. I kind of felt like Arnautovic was playing against us because it seems like one goal he took off the line, you know, that was going in after that deflection. And it seems like the second uh, um, opportunity he had on the header, he completely whiffed on it, where he had the he had the size advantage over the defender, and the ball was coming to him. So at some point, I was like, "Yo, is this guy even trying?" And of course, you know his his um his um attitude. He's not a guy that's gonna really show you that he cares or whatever. He's really aloof or kind of like Ibra like. Give me a second. Um, but go ahead. Um, you could talk some more. I'm, I'm about to choke up a little bit. Gotcha. Um, no, but I, I completely agree. Arnautovic was a disaster. Um, just absolutely horrible. Um, he, yeah, you know, Matea mentions it here. You know, I wouldn't have thought that Arnautovic and Sanchez would have been worse than Correa. I think that's going a bit too far. I don't <laughs> think that Arnautovic is worse than Correa. But you can make the argument Sanchez is. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't think that Sanchez would be worse than Correa, especially after the year he had at Marseille last season. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just don't see what's he offering. Like, <laughs> uh, well, I I could tell that it's frustrating. But yeah, to finish off on Onatovich, yeah. Yeah. His main thing is like his attitude. He's he's walking around with his chest out. He doesn't give a damn. Like he's messing up, and he doesn't seem to care much. But like Inzaghi says, he's getting in the right positions, and he seems to be only unlucky and um you can make the argument that it's not gonna last long so i'll give him i'll still give him a semi-pass for for what inzaghi said but sanchez like you said i cannot see what he's offering i cannot all i remember him doing yesterday was getting a couple balls and just trying to loft them into the box which i hate you know because at that point you're playing right into verona's hand and the goalkeeper just catches those balls and just lays down on the floor to waste more time you know, and um, since we were on the topic of Sanchez, I'm sure you saw his boy Arturo Vidal come out and say that um, he's so upset that he only gets 15 minutes here and there. A player like him should be playing, should be starting and stuff like it's like, what world are you living in, man? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he's watching. But again, this is Arturo Vidal. Um, I'm not sure how sober he was when when that tweet was sent out. So um. I'm going to give him some grace on that, man. Like, I, what are your thoughts on that real quick? Oh, well, Artur, like you said, I'm not sure what his blood alcohol level was at the time. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he doesn't deserve to start. Like, I don't know what – what's he watching? 
Like, this guy has been a disaster. Um, at least one thing I'll always say about Alexis is we can get pissed at him for this sometimes. But in his first spell with Inter, he would drop back into midfield a lot. And he would create an advantage numerically to help us progress the ball up the pitch, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He loved to drop back and do that. And it, it most of the time it worked. Of course, we always remember the times when that he, he lost, lost the ball it and cost really... goals. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> but most of the time it worked. He's yeah. not even doing that. Anymore, like, yeah. He's just, he's useless. And it's really yeah. sad to see because this was a great yeah. player for Inter. Yeah. He had a resurgence at Inter. But even before that, with Arsenal and Barcelona, he was great. He's a great player, but now he's just he's Udinese, in terminal yeah. decline. Yep, and Udinese, he's just in terminal decline now. That's really sad. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And and as you mentioned earlier, um, one of the reasons why I was out, why I was on board with him coming back was I, I took a quick look at his um, numbers at Marseille last year. He had quite a decent season, so I'm like, oh, if we can have that as a backup striker, I'll definitely take it. And um, it's just not working out for us at the moment, man. Um, I don't even know. I can't even say if it's a matter of fitness or whatever. But like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to agree with you that he's just declining. And we just ended up buying him at the wrong time where, I guess, Marseille, they squeezed the last bit of juice out of him. And that's that's what it had. So, yeah, we've been delaying too much, man. Um, as I mentioned, Inzaghi's subs, um, they were – they were more conductive of a team that that were trying to shit house a second goal as opposed to play their game to get it um, methodically. So um, lo and behold, we did manage to sh- do just that, which is shit house that second goal, um, where um, we had a corner come in, um, and then Bastoni hit the post. I mean, hit the crossbar, and then. Um, from that, Barella hit a hit the hit a, hit a, a volley, which the the goalkeeper initially saved, but then he fumbled it, and Fatezi was there, right place, right time to finish it. Um, during that corner, well, that turn of events, a lot happened. So let's start with that corner. Um, on that corner, uh, I'm sure we've all seen it that the incident that happened between Bastoni and I believe Duda, where uh, they had they they initially exchanged some words. And then on the way running back, um, they made some contact initiated by Bastoni. Some say it's a shoulder to shoulder. Some say it's, an, it's a clear elbow from Bastoni. Well, I'll go even further and just say that um, the the league came out and said that the referees made a mistake by not sanctioning that elbow. So I'll say even further than our opinions, it seems like the the general opinion is that uh, that was an elbow from Bastoni. So I'll ask you. Um, I know you said it earlier that in your opinion that it was not a foul, but um, yeah, tell tell me um, why you felt like it was not a foul on that contact on Bastonia. <laughs> 20, 30 years ago, that's no, that's ignored. Of um, course. And I get it why today some people think it's a foul, but these are mm-hmm. the same people who win. I, I shouldn't even really address them because they're, they're just they're hypocrites in general, but who win something like this happens with their team they'll say game's gone soft game's gone yeah. and it's just like well this is an incident where 20 30 years ago no one would care he's he's he an elbow and he shoved him and you if you're not being a hypocrite you would acknowledge that this is fine that you know if you want the game to be physical if you want this to be a contact sport that this is fine this is just part of the game I think this one um this one account I followed, not into account, said that they watch Syria Chi a lot. And then Syria Chi, this is this is just, you know, it's like a kiss. You know, <laughs> like it's 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 nothing. Um so I I don't know. I if the league said it's a foul, I get it, but 30, 20, 30 years ago, this is nothing. No, for sure. I agree. I I agree. This is this is not even up for debate 20, 30 years ago, but uh, we must un- also acknowledge that we're doing the podcast about 2023, well, 2024 football, you know, and uh, we have to abide by what the-, the game has become and what the game is right now. Um, I say this um, initially, I thought it was a foul because um, the angle I saw was uh, the angle from the front showing Bastoni clearly make make that gesture. Um, 
But afterwards, I mean, I was even agreeing after the game with uh, rival fans saying that I don't know how this could happen, especially since the VAR actually looked at it. It's not like it's something that slipped through the VAR or whatever. Uh, I, I I felt like it was one of those situations where we got away with one, where whereas um, you know, it happens to, to most teams, um, especially the big teams. For example, um, Milan they got away with that clear handball with, from Pulisic. You know, they won that game. You know, this season stuff like that. For example, right? I thought it was something like that, but then that other angle came out from the curva, I believe, where it shows um the whole situation where um. Duda kind of initiated it. Not that it matters, but then seeing it from the back, it was more shoulder to shoulder from Bastoni, and maybe at the end, you know, the the elbow kind of came out. So when I saw that, I felt like you know what that was clean, and especially it's not like that had anything to do with the play at all. It's not like Bastoni did that and went and and played the ball or something like that, you know. So for me, I was completely fine with it after seeing that. So. It was more of a, a change of opinion, but we must also acknowledge the fact that the league came out and demoted the referees, and they said that it was an, an, an error. Um, that we may be a little biased here, you know. So the fact that the league want, wants to come out and say it, you know, that that needs to be taken into into consideration. Um, but anyway, we're Inter fans, so it ended up benefiting us, and we scored from it. And um, it would be remiss if, if we didn't uh, mention the celebrations from Fratesi, man. What a player. Me, um, <clears throat> that's a guy that's definitely won me over. I was def- I was already a fan from his Sassuolo days, but um, him coming in and accepting his role at Inter and um, being the best the best team player you can have. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw uh, his declarations, uh, I think last week, a couple of weeks ago, where he's pretty much saying – how much he loves the team and he knows his time will come. I was more expecting him to be frustrated by now. Like, Hey, I don't know why I'm not playing. I think, I, you know, and them, 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 that won me over even more and seeing how he celebrated with the curva after he scored, he loves it here. And, and, and um, I love him for it. How do you feel about Fratesi, man? Is he a guy that you like, or you, were you a fan of him? Um, what are your thoughts on him um, in general? I love Fratesi. I, I, I get frustrated with people who don't like him. I, I, I get he's not everyone's cup of tea sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy who, the way I describe him is he's a very tactical midfielder, tactically astute midfielder, yeah. who works his socks off and gets goals, right? He's not a technical wizard like someone like a Lazar Samartzic, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not mm-hmm. who he is. He's not going to pass the ball a bunch. He's not going to get in the ball and dictate mm-hmm. play a bunch. He, he just he works his socks off, he puts it in his defensive duty, and then he goes up the pitch and gets goals, right? That's who he is. Now, he, some people may not like that. That may not be what they like in a midfielder. That may not be what they value. Mm-hmm. But it's, what, it's a job that needs to be done in a lot of midfields. And, you know, I've always liked Fertese. I'm happy if he had that moment yesterday. You know, his time will come. Uh, I don't think he deserves to be starting right now on form. But still, you know, I, I, I've always liked the guy. I had, I liked him when we bought him, and he's going to come good. So I, I just want people to be more patient. Just, just He's going to come good. All right, well, let me, be, let me be the devil's advocate here, Joe. You're not going to get off this easy, man. I'm sorry. I, I have to give you a little pushback. <clears throat> okay. So how do you feel about this, then? Um, we paid – over 40 million for this guy and um you're saying that okay you're fine with him with been him being a, a bench player for now and his time will come okay that's my first pushback right the price tag for a bench player that's something that especially in our financial situation and my second pushback is the rumors that we're we're um we're, we're gonna sign Zelensky. um are you sure fatesi's time to start will come so address those two those two questions for me, please. It's an excellent question, especially with the Zelensky rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be more than enough time to start for Tazy, even if Zelensky comes. Um, I think the competition will only make him stronger. 
I think what what Zielinski coming means is that Mkhitaryan will be pushed further down the order. Maybe not immediately, but next season, but eventually he'll be pushed down the pecking order. Um, but where know, do you see Fates even getting those starts from um, off, off Barilla or on that left side? Where? <clears throat> you know, um, I think he will, he'll start instead of Mickey. I think that you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a competition, and uh, he's gonna show himself to be the superior player. He's gotta improve in a lot of areas, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Passing's gotta improve. Yeah. Um, and I think it will. You know, it, this is this is up to him. You know, yeah. You know, he 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 revealed after the game in a press yeah. conference. And I forgot who it was. It was either with Inter TV or with um, Sky or someone like that. To zone. But he said, you know, I was frustrated at first because I'm used to playing a lot. And mm. I didn't realize, you know, he he kind of, it kind of hit him that I guess he had to compete for his place and get better. Mm. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah. you, you gotta, you the gotta. Self-awareness always, is good. Yes. So it's, it may take time, but you know, I think he's gonna, it's gonna happen for him. Yeah, I appreciate the vote of confidence, and and I agree with you. Um, although, in my opinion, it does look like a uphill battle um, for him to get those starts, um, especially with a guy like Zelensky, which to me would fit in like a glove in that Mkhitaryan role. And um, Barella, I mean, we're not we're not selling Barella unless we unless we sell Barella. I'm not sure he's going to be getting much starts, many starts in Barella's role. So it does look like an uphill battle, but I do believe he will prove his worth and. Hopefully he it turns out to be a great problem for us, um, kind of like we have with Bisek, a guy who I feel like deserves minutes and we we want to give him minutes, but we just can't find it for him right now with Pavard and and and, and Darmian, you know. Um, so yeah, after that second goal, um, big celebration. Fatezi's pants are halfway down. Where everybody's looking at his bum, and we're we're always thinking we're almost thinking like, okay, it's the third minute out of five game over right what's what what are verona gonna do like they're they're stunned game is over but lo and behold matter of fact yes before before even we even get to that furthermore reason for us to feel like game is over um in the midst of of all that madness with the second goal i guess um what's his name um he got he got sent off lazovic right darko lazovic yeah Darko Lazovic, uh, which is a player I, I like actually, he he got sent off I guess from arguing with the ref, and he said some one of those those words that you can't say to the ref, and he got sent off. So they're they're down to ten men. We just scored two minutes left. I'm thinking the game is over, but um, somehow they managed to get some phantom handball because we saw the replay. There was no handball, and they got a they got a, a good ball sent into the the um or or, or area and um. They managed to get a penalty. So first off, before we get into the the missed penalty itself, um, let's talk about the <laughs> the incident leading up to that penalty, right? So yeah, we uh, first off, as I said, that handball that initiated the whole uh, the free kick in the first place is a ghost handball because I, I watched the replay. I saw the game again. There was no handball, right? Um, in the midst of Everything happening, Darmian kicks one of their players. Um, he makes a meal of it and goes down. Um, initially, it's not given. We're breaking back. No goalkeeper is Barella and and um Sanchez. And Barella, for whatever reason, he decides to try to pass it over to Sanchez, who was out of gas anyway, and we managed to, to squander an opportunity to kind of kill the match. Um I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't upset about it because I felt like, okay, you know what? We we're just gonna keep the ball in that end of the pitch anyway, and just run off the clock. And as we saw, the referee took forever with with the VAR in in his head. And I was. And some people even thought that it might have been a penalty for us that they were looking at. Um, it turned out to be a penalty for them. So tell me, um, personally, I don't feel like it was a penalty because although Darmian does get a kick in. Uh, the guy uh, afterwards he puts his foot up, put down, and then it's like afterwards he remembers that he got kicked, and then he just theatrically just just throws himself to the floor. So tell me, Joe, like I kind of have an idea where you're going with this um, from you being consistent with 
that that would have been a soft call with the, the first two calls that we discussed. Do you feel like it was a warranted penalty? It's okay. So if we're going by the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Then yes, that that instant, like the if you want to like specifically take it out of context and just use the rule book blindly, yeah, that's a penalty probably. But then you look at it and it's so soft. The contact is so soft. Like you said, his he the delay from when the kick happens on his foot to yeah. when he actually pretends to react to it with a flop is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I I yeah, if you want to take the letter of the law, you know, apply the rule as literally as you can without context of the match, without anything else, then sure, give that as a penalty. But it's ridiculous if you if you're a normal thinking person to give that as a penalty. What do you think? I'm sure you agree. No, I, I agree 100%. It was cruel. And at that point, can you imagine being an Inter fan, like the past five minutes, the emotions that you you went, you were going through? Because 92 minutes, you know, you're thinking, oh, my God, we, drew, we just drew to this bad Verona team. How the hell did we drop points to Verona? You very going to catch up to us. You you go from that desperation to um, the roller coaster that led to that goal. And then you're celebrating. You're thinking you've finally done it. And then you you see this last minute penalty given against you and you go back to that desperation again so i i, I don't i didn't know what to think because like i said i was okay with all the decisions the referee had made up to that and um after seeing the way that the guy did not fall naturally he, he initially was fine after the kick and then he flopped i, I didn't think that that was going to be given and um i thought that he was just going to score the penalty and then <laughs> and and then um we we're going to end up in a draw and we got lucky on that one because um, there were also some shots showing that Summer was off his line on that penalty. Um, although there have been some different arguments about that. I'm not sure if you can clarify that for a joke, but um, some yeah, are saying that. He, Go ahead. Didn't he have a foot on the line, I thought? So isn't that kind of what makes it okay? Or what What are you hearing on that? No, what I'm hearing that there, what what they, uh, some Juve fans are arguing is that he was completely off the line and that should have been retaking. But I'm also seeing some people posting the rules, showing that um, him being off the line did not affect the the miss at all. Uh, it was off the post. If if the, if it that if it didn't affect it, if it got off the line and and parried it, then yeah, it okay. should have been retaken. But the fact that he it was he missed it off the post, then that was fine. So. I Fair need enough. to do okay. some research on that and, and, and verify, but I was fine with that. So, yeah, we, we managed to get away from that game, a match that should have been a, an easy win, in, in my opinion, with the 2-1 win. Um, we would be okay with that if that was just, okay, a blip in, um, on the radar out of nowhere. But when this, fo- when, when this performance follows a 1-1 in Genoa, um, you can say that, we're, we can we can start seeing some alarm bells go off. So let's touch on Genoa real quick. We're not gonna spend as much time on Genoa as as we did on Verona, but we'd be remiss to not to not mention it at all because we did drop points in Juve. They took care of their business against Roma, and they 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 won back the two points that we gained from them a, a couple of weeks back. Um, so Joe, um, I know you're a guy. You're very 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 uh, knowledgeable about. Genoa in their stadium and that atmosphere that their fans put on because um, I remember a couple of weeks back when Juve were going to go play them, you were quite confident that they were going to give Juve a hard time and they did. Um, you felt the same way for us and they did as well. So tell me, um, going into that match, do you remember, um, were you confident that we were going to be able to, to, to win or were you worried about it or um, were you surprised from what you saw, what that performance was? Yeah, so let me just say, um, I appeared on the La Lanterna pod, um, a Genoa mm-hmm. podcast in English. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to Fabrizio and Matt um, for having me on. Um, and I previewed this match, and I was not confident at all. And my and that was completely warranted, it turned out. Um, the Marassi is a pain-in-the-ass place to go. Yeah. It's a hostile environment. Those fans are they're great. But it's just it's it creates such a, a hostile atmosphere, um, 
and you know it was it was such a difficult watch from after the flares entered the pitch to even even though we scored the goal that second half was just it was so painful like there were no patterns of play there was it was so it was so i guess not stagnant but um so you know just there was nothing there was no yeah the, the pace was pedestrian yeah it was very pedestrian that's the word um i just didn't like it I, it was uh that match frustrates me um no i agree i, I, I yeah. felt the same way um I, I felt the same way because um it was a combination of i felt like our guys were kind of tired there were there was some tired legs there but also um the the general fans that gave that team a boost it feels like every second ball they were they were getting every uh aerial ball they were jumping higher than our guys they had they were on some super juice or something like that you know and um sometimes when you're watching a match and you could tell how it's going um that second half man we never looked like we were gonna get that second goal that we needed and at some points we were even holding on for dear life because they were getting um free kicks and we know how good they were that night, you know, especially Dragerson. It seems like that guy was winning every free kick. He was timing it right, and it was coming to him. He was like a ball magnet. So, yeah, um, some would even say that we were lucky to get out of there with a point, and I would not argue with them too much about that because they had plenty of free kicks and plenty of chances to get a second header in um, to, to win that match. Do you agree? No, and our goal shouldn't have probably even stood because BSEC pushed off. Mm-hmm. And I will agree, we did get fortunate on that. That was a foul. Um, it should have been disallowed. No, uh, no, no excuses. Like, you know, it's sometimes you just gotta admit that you got fortunate. No, so for on sure. that, I will, I, I will admit that we got fortunate, and we were lucky in many ways to get out with a point. No, I agree, hundred percent. There's, there's no fighting back on that. We were lucky to get out with a point. Okay, so let's, let's, let's put those two performances together then. Um, do you feel like it is a cause to start worrying um about Inter a bit? Are we losing the form? Um, is is it the the winter meltdown coming up? How do you feel? Or was it just like oh two unlucky matches that we we encountered? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned. Um, especially given how Juventus are playing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in excellent form. And it just feels like we've kind of let our guard down. Um, you know, I tweeted this last week after Juventus beat Roma. Obviously, Juventus playing a half hour against um, Salernitana. We'll see how that goes. I'm not very confident. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, we have the best defense in the league. We've scored the most goals. And all we've got to show for it is a two-point lead. And it's very frustrating, <laughs> almost a bit demoralizing um, that we don't have much more to show for it. But, you know, does that mean we're not going to win the league? No. Um, I'm just – I'm a bit concerned with how we're playing. The next four matches are critical. At Monza – in the league, I should say. At Monza, then we got the Super Copa break. Uh-huh. Then we go to Fiorentina. Then we play Juventus at home, and then we go to Roma. Roma, yeah. Huge matches, massive matches. Going to Monza is very difficult. We we drew there last year. Yeah. Um. So, this is going to be absolutely. This is a massive stretch. It, dare I say, even a stretch that will determine how the rest of the season goes. So I agree. Yeah, this is this is huge. So it, these next four well, matches will tell all. Let's 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 segue right into it then, um, and then we can touch on, on the the news that we got over this week as well, because we actually got some transfer news. Before we get to that, um, let's just segue right into Monza, which is the next match that we we have coming up next weekend. Um, Monza, who who won their last match, I believe, against Frosinone three two, with our, our boy um, Valentin Carboni um, scoring a goal and providing an assist as well. Um, Monza, they are an interesting side, man. Um, how do you feel? Um, are you confident? Well, are you confident about going over there and, and being able to, to get a win 
Because at this point, it's not a, ma a matter of like, okay, a draw would be okay or anything like that. We got to get the three points. Are you confident, confident we can go and get those three points? No. Um, uh, I'm not. Uh, as Matias says in the comments, mm -hmm. you know, how many goals were Carboni? How many goals were Carboni score? You know, they have a lot of former Inter players, a lot of Interista, Interista yeah. in that squad. And, you know, relations between the clubs are good off the pitch, but um, that doesn't mean they won't punish uh -huh. us on the pitch. So well, I wonder because um, Juve had this thing where. Um, when they loaned their players to the team, they had that in their contracts that those players were not allowed to play against them. Uh, I wonder if we if we could do something like that, man. Because yeah, no, he I would not want this kid playing against us because he's in his, he's in form right now, and I'm sure he wants to play. And he wants to prove himself. Absolutely. And Matias says, if Galliardini scores, I will die. Same here. Um, you know he I will. will. Oh, he will. Oh, uh, he'll score a screamer. Watch. Or, or Dombrosio will get a back post on this. Oh, God. That would be so painful. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, you know, um, I I wish we could have Carboni not play against us, but he will start, guaranteed. Like, they're, they're integrating him into the lineup already. He's in good form. Um, yeah. I'm very concerned about this match. It's... In Monza isn't that far from Milano, so we will have good away fan support. Yeah. Um. So they're a good team. They have a lot of, they have a good Italian core to that team. Um. They've been sure they were sure to build that when they got into Serie A, and they built on top of it. Um. I expect a very hard fought match. If we go out with three points, three points is a necessity. Yeah. I. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be a very close run thing. Um, I would see a 2-1, and I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, I feel the same way, um, especially having Lotaro come back and not only just coming back, coming back scoring and playing 90 minutes. So um, there was no signs of the injury, which is good. And also DeMarco coming in, um, it's, it's a good sign. So we should have a strong um, 11. Um, I, although I am a bit worried about Dumfries, um, he did. He never looked himself yesterday. He picked up a knock, which he he ended up playing through. But he never looked himself. He had a couple opportunities to stretch his leg that usually he would really blow past the defender with his pace. You, you could tell he's not quite himself. So I'm hoping that he didn't suffer a setback yesterday and that he can just continue to build his fitness. And that's what's going on. But other than that, we should have a our, our starting eleven, our strongest eleven available against Monza. You know, so um, yeah, uh, I believe we can go back there and be serious and 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 get get the three points. Especially, I don't expect Southern Italian to give Juve much of a pushback today. Um, they they beat them six one in the Copa um, in the midweek, so that's already a, a psychological a psychological advantage that they have over them. You know, so I expect them to walk um, Southern Italian quite easily. I'm not even sure I'm gonna watch the match. I, I think I'm just gonna go watch Arsenal versus Liverpool. Liverpool in the <laughs> FA Cup instead. So, yeah, um, I guess we're on the same page. We both um, agree. We acknowledge that it's going to be tough against Monza, but we we expect the team to be able to, to get the job done. All right? We're on the same page on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It must, it's, it, you got to get three points here. If you want to win the title, have. you got to get three points here. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Let's get into the transfer news, man. Um, Tejan Buchanan, um, that one is is one of those transfers. It's kind of like unusual for Inter because we used to um, spending the whole window negotiating for a player over pennies, and hopefully we we get it done um, before before the transfer window closes. But that one happened quite fast, and this is a player that we've been following for a couple years, it seems, and um, it happened it happened quite fast, man. So tell me. Um, First off, your thoughts on Tejan Buchanan? Is it a player that you're familiar with? Um, how do you feel that he's going to fit for the team? Um, do you think he's going to take some time to fit in? Um, the floor is yours. All right. So, yeah, he's the first Canadian now. He's Canadian. He's the first Canadian to play in Serie A, period. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, he He's going to be a project. I went back and watched some of his Club Rouge matches 
um, from this from the start of this season. Mm-hmm. And he started out as a winger at Bruges and for the Canadian national team. They've gradually moved him over to wing back and right back at Bruges. Actually, he played right back in the back four. And he's not the most tactically aware player. Um, this is something that's going to really need to be worked on, especially in Italy. You, uh-huh. you, you can't. You can't be good in Italy without being tactically astute. Mm-hmm. Just it's a requirement. Uh-huh. So this is why I think they bought him now. He's going to be a project. Get him started now. You don't. I would. I would tell his fans, don't expect much in these six months. You know, he might. He's going to get a couple starts here and there, probably. But I don't expect, you know, great things right now. Um. Overall, he's. He's very, he's very good technically. He's better than much better than Dumfries tactically. Te- mm-hmm. Technically, sorry, mm-hmm. and he's very fast. So he's got the raw skills to be a good wing back. But the question is, you know, can he adjust tactically? And that's what's going to be up there. Yep. So that's Inzaghi's challenge, and we'll see how it goes. Um, it was a necessity to buy him because of Quadrado's fitness. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And also Dumfries' contract situation. For sure, for sure. No, I agree. Um, very well said. You mentioned all the points that I was going to do as well. Um, when, when you take a quick look at it, he has the the raw physical abilities to, 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 to thrive in Serie A. It seems like if you have the pace and if you have the dribbling ability, um, you, you will be able to to, to, to – to make a name for yourself in Serie A, but in a team like Inter, with with what we're fighting for and, and how we play, he needs to learn the tactical side of the game, know how know when he needs to to, to be defending, when he needs to be back there uh, uh, defending, or when he needs to be making his runs forward, and um, the passes, the movements, the patterns, and all of that. Um, we saw it took it took Dumfries a good six months before he became a functional right wing back. Um, so I expect the same thing. I agree with you. You said it well. Um, we had to to rush and get him now in January. Maybe that this was there was this wasn't the plan, but because of uh, Quadrado having to take to do the sur- the surgery, we had to get Buchanan. Um, but I think it's, he's more going to be a project. Let him settle in, learn the language, learn Italian football, what the requirements are, and and um, hopefully by the time we're starting next season, he's going to be ready to to, to get in. Um, but I do expect them to be able to, to still contribute because um, with his pace and dribbling, you can throw a man in the 75th or 80th minute to dribble at a at a, a tired defense or something like that if you need some actions created from an individual perspective. So I think that's what's going to be more of his, his role in those six months. Uh, so I don't expect him to get much many starts, if any, um, as of yet. Um, but yeah, um, with, with the, with, with his attributes, if he can put it all together, he can be a very, very exciting player for us, but that is a big if, and that is up to him. Um, have you seen, um, um do you watch the MLS? Cause, um, some people were telling me that ever since they saw him from, I believe he was playing in New York, right? One uh, he played for, oh, New England, Revolution. New England, New England revolution. New England revolution. Yes. Yeah. I don't some watch much MLS, but I remember him. Yeah. They were saying that from watching him in the MLS, you could tell that's a player that needs to be in Europe and that he's way above that level. Um, but yeah, um, since you don't watch it, um, I'm going to go with that opinion as well because I've seen a lot of MLS people are very excited about him. And of course, our Canadian interesty, shout out to Thomas, Antonio, a couple of our Canadian interesty, they're excited to have him. And hopefully he makes them proud, man. I'm on board. You know, as soon as a player makes that move and joins us, uh, I only wish the positives and in, in, in the good things for you. So hopefully he does turn out to be that player for us. Yeah, Antonio actually played with him in high school youth or, team. Youth ball or something yeah. like that. Yeah, in Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I mean, yeah, this is really this is really cool for them. So no, it's, you know, it's we, exciting. Hope, we hope Tim Horton's FC works out for us. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have, man. We breezed through those topics. Great job, as always, Joe. Um, do do we have any comments that we want to skim through real quick? You know, we always want to acknowledge our guys and um, sure. touch on any topics that they bring up. So let's skim through them real quick, and then we can wrap it up. Sure, Ian. 
said, um, nice to see you too. Regards from the study bus. We wish you luck studying. Uh, for okay, finals. yeah, okay. I forgot. I forgot. He he has finals, so he gets a pass. But if yes, he's not playing, yes. he's not playing hooky. Hi, Ian. Good luck on your finals. Matias says, Canadians hype him up. I hope he's not another Lazaro. Um, hey, 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 Matia, yeah. I, I don't know if you're up to date with the Serie A, but Lazaro is quite a functional right back right now for, for Torino, and they just they just it's ran okay. all over yeah. Napoli. So yeah. listen, um, I, I'd be okay with Lazaro being them, them freeze backup. So if, if you can learn that level, and I'd be okay with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Let's see. I think that's about that. We kind of went through them all during the show. And then thank you, Mattia. We, yeah, we've had a fun time. Hey, so. Mattia, you always, you always here with us every time, man. So thank yeah, Mattia, you. you're thanks, a star. A thank you so much. And listen, um, we would love to have you on. We know we've, we've spoken about this, having some of our, 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 our fans that always join us, join us on the, on the pod. So send us a DM. If you, if you're really interested about it, we could talk about it and make it happen. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, Matia. We'd love you. We'd love to have you on. Thank you so much for supporting us. All right, Joe. Hey, great show, man. Great to have you, man. Again, with the fresh cut, go ahead and kill him out there. We can wrap it up with the, <laughs> with the outro. <laughs> okay, guys. We'll see you later. Forza Inter. Good stuff, bro. Good stuff. We're still live.